Welcome to Wanja City. My name is Wanja City, and you are now on board every Building to Our series. Here in Wanja City, we have more than audacity. We are Wanja City. So come along into the memoirs of Nehemiah, as I'm calling our reading from Nehemiah in the Bible, and we'll dive right in. What kind of boss do you have? Do you like your boss? Would you say your boss treats you well? Or are you the boss? You know, the one others look up to for leadership, for guidance, for direction, for help. What kind of boss are you? Whether it's at running a private business, a farm, a government department, are you a supervisor, a manager, a head of department, a director? You know, a boss, by whatever name they go by, is a boss. They are heads. And as a head, you determine the course of an organization. Whether you're the head of a nation, the head of a government body, the head of a church, a private institution, the head of a school, a neighborhood, the head of a family. Whoever leads holds much sway. And not just in the direction in which the organization or the company moves, but over the welfare of the employees, of uh, the subordinates, of the citizens, of the members. You know, the decisions a boss makes matter. And since a boss has so much say, we all pray for great, wise, kind bosses. And we sometimes get them. Although if you were to listen to most people that area, we mostly don't. Which is cause for a lot of unhappiness, stress, dissatisfaction, strife, quarrel, mistrust. You know, you get it. A lot of bad feelings and work. A bad boss is bad news. A good boss. A good boss, on the other hand, that's great. That's great news. One, as we've mentioned, there are not that many. And two, they do give great leadership while taking care of the well-being of their people. And I dare add, good bosses breed good employees. It's a happy cycle. One good boss mentors, inspires, directs many other bosses. Better yet, let's call them leaders. And if you've read anything on leadership or simply observed, you will agree and or you understand why leadership is so important. John Maxwell, who's written quite a bit on the subject, says everything rises and falls on leadership and that just like a fish rots from the head, so does leadership. So you see, headship is critical. That's why I ask you again, what kind of boss do you have? What kind of boss are you? Because it makes a difference. Nehemiah gives us insight on a good boss, on good leadership, both working under one and being one. In these memoirs of Nehemiah's, I've chosen to call them, we will read about this man, Nehemiah. It's a book in the Bible. In the first episode of the series, Rebuilding, uh, we met Nehemiah, who introduced himself to us as a cup-bearer to the king. We agreed it was a special position of trust, you know, serving wine to the king and all. Next, we saw that Nehemiah interceded in prayer to the God of heaven for his homeland, whose wall was broken down and gates lay burnt by fire you see he was in a foreign land what we may call diaspora and there he was serving a king no less but when he got the report of his homeland's people's affliction their reproach the shame he cared enough to do something he wept he moaned he fasted and prayed and that was the beginning as we had in episode one from nehemiah one in this episode we consider Nehemiah chapter 2 and follow up to find out what are the next steps for Nehemiah, you know, after the prayer. We began by mentioning bosses and leaders because in this chapter we will meet Nehemiah's boss, the king, and see their interaction. Why don't we just 
go right into his workplace. You know, the, the palace. He works for the king, come on. So Nehemiah is at work. He's serving wine to the king. I know, right? That's a real job you're asking. So he's doing his job. Only this time he appears before the king. Sad. And we know why. It's because of the bad news he got about his homeland. But the king doesn't know that. So the king asks why Nehemiah is so sad and adds it can be nothing else but sorrow of the heart because he is not sick. Let us pause for reflection. First of all, Nehemiah tells us this was the first time he was sad before the king. Amazing. Would, you, would your colleagues and boss say you're generally a happy worker? And then would they even notice if you were unhappy? Or is that your default look? The boss, and not just any boss, the king of the land, and not just any king. It was a famous, powerful king of Nehemiah's times. I won't try to pronounce his name here, lest I butcher it. So, yes, powerful thing. Uh, king, sorry. And I want you to think empire, and not like the TV show, not at all like that. Like the ruler of many nations, that kind of king. And there was Nehemiah, a foreigner, his cupbearer, sad before the king, you know, at work. Come to think of it, this job Nehemiah had was no small thing. He was So Nehemiah was like a civil servant, working for the king or the government. But more than that, he was not one of the numerous unknown faces and names in the king's employ. Oh no, sir. Neh. Can I call him that? You know his name is long. Nehi? Neh? Okay. Nehemiah was so well known to the king that when he was unhappy at work that one day, just the one, the king noticed. Wow. End of pause for reflection. So the king has noticed Nehemiah's sad countenance. Nehemiah says he was very afraid, terrified even. Well, yeah, this is the king we are talking about. It's not a democracy here. He's the law. And he begins by praising the king. Let the king live forever. Is that something they were taught at protocol school, do you think? Then he just up and tells the king of the gates and wall story of his homeland the king asks what he wants. Nehemiah prays again to the God of heaven. You can do that, by the way. You can pray on your feet just the same way you think on your feet. So then Nehemiah does that and again gives a proto-school grade answer. If it please the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight. With an intro like that, even you'd sit up and listen. He doesn't take it for granted. Despite being an excellent trustworthy employee with an outstanding record of never going to work sad before even with the prayers he has made before attending the king and on the his feet despite all that or maybe because of it come to think of it hmm? yeah maybe because of all that nehemiah does not take for granted the favor with the king he seeks it and then he asks for leave to go home and build his homeland this is a very respectful chap i like him already the king, for some reason we are told the queen was there next to him, he asks Nehemiah how long he wanted the leave. Oh, so it's just like today's HR, counting days till you're back. How many days will you be gone? And the king grants him leave. What happens next is noteworthy. Nehemiah just doesn't rush out jumping, hooray, I'm out here, see you in zero, X, Y, number of days or weeks, you know, I'm peace, I'm out, nah. This is a smart man, maybe even wise. We know he prayed, so this could even be a strategic divine insight kind of action. Nehemiah asks for the king's help. Again, if it please the king, ever respectful. He asks for, he asks for these letters that will give him safe passage across the border. 
uh, till he gets to Judah, which, by the way, is his homeland. Also, he asks for another letter for some person called Asaph, who happened to be the keeper of the king's forest, for, for him to give him timber so that he could use that to build beams for the palace, gates and the city wall and also his house i mean he has to go live somewhere <laughs> he asked for all of this and what did the boss do his boss the king accepted actually king james version says in verse 8 and the king granted me according to the good hand of my god upon me i feel an amen coming on here what can a man with the hand of god upon him not do or get as we see here with nehi okay nehemiah <laughs> Wait, wait until you find out what more the king, his boss, did for him before you tell us what your boss has ever done for you or what you as a boss have ever done for anyone. We see that when he came to those governors, you know, the ones beyond the river, and gave them the king's letters, we see, listen to this, listen to what the king had. The king had sent him a captain of an army and horsemen with him. This is in addition to letters and timber. Now an army, like security. Precious cargo. Oh, Lord. Grant me favor with all my bosses. All of them. Even the ones I've not met. Let me have favor like this man, Nehemiah. If you don't want to pray the same for yourself, that is up to you. Verse 10 tells us some men were very grieved exceedingly about Nehemiah's going to better his people's welfare. He does. But they are only mentioned here. There's Danbalat and Tobiah <laughs> with names like that. Okay, let me just leave that there and move to Jerusalem where we find that Nehemiah had been there for three days. Listen to what he did next. It's important. Nehemiah arose in the night with some few men with him and only one animal or beast. Think a car. He rode. So he rode that one beast or car at night and they surveyed the gates and walls. He told no one, no man, what his God had put in his heart to do at Jerusalem, by the way. You can see that in verse 11. And then verse 16 comes and tells us that not even the rulers, no no priests, no one. He had told no one nothing beforehand what he planned to do. So he calls everyone to build the wall of Jerusalem to remove their shame, basically. And then he told them of God's hand upon him and of the king's words to him. And finally charged the people to rise up and build. And they were ready. These people were ready. Good rallying call, Nehemiah. As he's just finished this, Sanballat and Tobiah and Tamar, a person called Geshem, you remember those two? Yeah. So Sanballat and Tobiah and now Geshem heard what is, what is happening there and they laughed, scorning and despising them. Why? Scorners, scornful people, mockers, they don't know Nehemiah. What is mockery to him? Scornful laugh, sit down, let Nehemiah tell you that the God of heaven would prosper them and that they would arise and build. And, and that's where we finish this episode. By him telling the haters, you have no portion, no right, no memorial here. Yes, tell them. What a character. Faultless employee to the king. Strategic planner. You know, he's not telling people beforehand. And rallying champion to the masses to arise and build. He started by praying, then asking for favor and help. And going. Ask and go, people. That's the lesson today. Ask and go. Let's pick it up from here in episode 3, shall we? This has been the second edition or episode of the Rebuilding Tour series where we have seen more from Nehemiah chapter 2. 
My name is Wanja City and you have been on a Wanja City Rebuilding Tour. See you next time. But remember, you like a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So go forth and shine. And then arise and build. Until next time, shine. Thank you.